This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to iFanboy Special Edition, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Josh Flanagan, and I'm here with my co-host, Paul Montgomery. Hello, Josh. 
show together for some time. For some time, years. For some time. Well, let's see if our former established natural rhythm sticks with <clears throat> us. Okay. It's worth or, give it the old college try. Yeah, that's true. We have degrees. It should be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are here to talk about the third installment of James Gunn's uh, 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 the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. Um, started in 2014, I believe. Uh, and uh, boy, that was a long time ago. And I remember, I remember say, seeing, I heard a rumor, a, a sort of uh, a rumor that that was, was pretty credible that the next movie they're going to do is Guardians of the Galaxy. And I went, really? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember where you were at, but I, I, I loved that first movie. I thought it was a ton of fun. I adored that first movie. Yeah. I, I think the trailer for uh, the first, like, I guess the teaser trailer for the right. first Guardians of the Galaxy movie was one of the most successful things ever done in Hollywood. <laughs> that, that with the, the Bay City Rollers? Just get having that, um, the like the police lineup, sort of. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, okay. And it's th- it's a bunch of a holes, and it's like it sets up. It's certainly a different take than what had been uh, in the comics previously. Sure. But the lineup from the from the Abnett and Lanning run, from the Annihilation run, mm-hmm. um, set them up and and like got people interested in this D tier team. C. C tier, yeah, you know, either I mean, not B. Like C is as high as it's going. I would say C, yeah. As of like annihil, prior to annihilation, I would right. say D tier, and then that and sort they, of it was running con- uh, concurrent with uh, Civil War, I think. And yeah. people yeah. in the know were like, "Hey, the actual stuff is going on over here in Guardians of the Galaxy." And it was, uh, it was like they took all of, the, they took many of the good things that were happening over in those comics and then put a, a different tone and spin on them for the movies. And, and to me, uh, it was, it was absolutely the right way to go. And it's, it's very interesting to me that through this whole thing, it's been consistent, like watching this third movie seemed like it was, you know, part of a whole that, that I don't know if it was conceived that way, but it sort of, it sort of landed that way. And I think that was pretty cool. Um, in fact, I'd say a lot of the other Marvel movies sort of ended up borrowing from it as it, yeah. as it sort of went that way. Um, and then, of course, DC stole James Gunn altogether. So, um, fair enough. Uh, how'd you? How'd you? I will. We'll get to it. But how'd you feel about the second movie? The second movie, I I enjoyed it, and I think it routinely ends up at the bottom of people's you know tier rankings. Mm-hmm. Not the very bottom, but towards right. the bottom. Um, I it's think no Eternals. It's. <laughs> It is no, nothing is not even the Eternals <laughs> is, um, you know. But I th- I think um, I think as other uh, films in the MCU have gotten sequels, I think this one sort of or, or Volume Two. I think uh, time has, if not redeemed it, I uh, I think I don't know. I I think it's better than its reputation. Um, I I, th- I had no idea what it was going to be, and I was very right. pleased. That it had big Marvel concepts. Same thing I felt about this movie, by the way. Mm. I don't, I enjoyed it, but I didn't really think about it again. And I, I don't think I've seen it since. Maybe once. It's very weird. Movie. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, but yeah, it, it has, there's a bit of a sophomore thing going on. Um, but uh, no, I, th- I think I think that one is, if, if nothing else, it's it's a fun movie and it has a lot of heart to it. Um, yes. Which I think you could say of all three of these and the Christmas special. 
which was also you know, fun. I never watched that. I should probably it's go back good. and do that. They have clips of it in the, the credits of this movie. That's that's so, why you see, um, yeah, go ahead. I, I, you know, what's funny is I felt like I, I had the whole family, you know, and we were leaving the theater and like everybody wanted to go. And I was like, I need to stay for the mid credit sequence. And they're like, Ugh. Yeah. so it was a little, it was a little fraught at that point. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, I only saw the mid one. I didn't see the end one, but I think I read it and look what it was. And I didn't really care. So the, 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 the whole family was there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is big. This, is, an, this is intense. Yeah. I was going to say, this is an intense movie. Well, my kids are older now, so that part doesn't matter so much. Okay. Like when they were little, absolutely. But at this point, it's long. That was the thing I was worried about. Yeah. So like I got to the point where I was fine. Like I was I was chilling, but I just thought, I hope they don't lose their patience with it. But that is neither here nor there. Um, talk to There's me about- There's a lot of people in this movie, Josh. This, I, <laughs> you are not wrong. It's a lot. And, and this is why I like to go watch movies in theaters that I'm excited to see rather than at home because I can't be on my phone trying to figure out who those people are. Sure. Whose voice is that? I can't, you know what? And I just have to sit with it. And then it's sometimes Judy I Greer. figure it out. Sometimes Judy I Greer don't. was that cyborg pig. It's true. And I told my wife that afterwards. And she went, really? Why? And I said, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. Hawkeye's wife is the voice. Does it matter? No. No, it doesn't. Okay. So talk to me about uh, your level of anticipation for this film. I, I, I don't know this for sure, but I assume maybe the last chunk of movies somewhat lackluster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this one's coming in. Do you think, you know, okay, this is going to have a little, some of that old magic. Are you excited? I'm pretty excited. Um, this was, this has been my most anticipated of the MCU movies for in a while. This is what phase five. This is movie two of phase five. I have no idea about that. Sure. Let's say phase five, phase four, um, pretty lacking for me. Um, I, I had fun with all of those movies, but Except Eternals, there won't. Yeah, there weren't like real standouts um, uh-huh. in terms of favorites. Like I, I wouldn't, I would. They didn't skyrocket to my you know top three or five MCU movies. Um, but I, I certainly had fun with them. Um, and this one, because it's, I guess it's kind of it's a known quantity. It's I know mm-hmm. it's going to be James Gunn writing and directing it. I enjoyed the first two. I enjoyed the second one more than a lot of people did. Um, Sorry, and, a uh, I'm a, you know, I, I love all the Starlin stuff. This is my corner of Marvel that I enjoy is a lot of the cosmic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was pretty, pretty stoked for this one. And then that, that first trailer hit and the idea that we're going to see the horrific origins of rocket. Um, it's like, Oh, you're, you're, you've got a, you've got a heat guided missile right to my heart Mm -hmm. uh this is going to be tough but it's going to be worth it because i've um even his stuff with suicide squad and the peacemaker which are kind of not in my wheelhouse i think james gunn does pretty good um i think he always delivers on heart and that's something that's that's really important uh i think especially as these dozens and dozens of mcu movies you know come on um they can feel a little cold. They can feel a little, you know, more of the same. And well, one of the benefits they have here is that we do have a connection with these characters lasting a long time. And so it's a little easier to make you care about it. Whereas sure. Shang-Chi was fine, you know, it was enjoyable, but at the, at the end of the day, like do it, did I find my, you know, the 50th movie down the line, did I find myself as connected to it? No. 
Um, which is also, we'll get to this, but this to me is, is a kind of drawback to this film. Um, so let's, let's, I, I was looking forward to it, but with having not seen any, I maybe saw the trailer. I just, I just, I was like, oh, I'm going to go see that. Cause I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the so other So you didn't ones seek and, out marketing stuff. I don't, I don't okay. really even see it. Cause I don't really, I'm not really like on Facebook or Twitter or anything. And so I'd have to go do it actively. And other than uh, than our, our uh, missing co-host, Connor Kilpatrick, who sends me trailers constantly that I usually don't watch, uh, I wouldn't even know that this stuff was happening. Um, I, like, honestly, I think I only see trailers like when I happen to be at a movie. So it's sure. like by accident. Um, anyway, so we go and sit down and uh, I don't know another way to go ab- about it other than just sort of starting out like right from the start with this movie. uh I was I was delighted. Uh, <laughs> it as I was sitting there watching it, it was like beat after beat and moment after moment. And I'm not here to tell you this is a Pulitzer Prize winning amazing piece of work, but for a Marvel kid who's seen a lot of these movies and is kind of tired of the thing, I was really enjoying the beats of the thing and how they were going. The the, the flashbacks to Rocket's uh, you know origin, and, and you you'd alluded to it. And the thing is that you know Rocket's origin is one of the the biggest unfired Chekhov guns in the in the whole arsenal. Yes, um, because they've alluded to it. Obviously, something went down, and he won't talk about it like at all. So the way that they did it, I thought was really interesting because it's not like the character broke down and started talking to you about it. He mm-hmm. was he was taken off the table very early in the movie, uh, and then we got you know this sort of heart wrenching, terrible uh, story of his, and and you saw you saw him. Why does he have a New York accent? Doesn't matter. Don't care. Mm. Um, you know, as we, we started going through that, learning where everybody is. You know, it it starts with tragedy, and then you know, well, we've got to fix this, and that's the movie. Um, and as sort of things kept creeping up, and we'll get into specifics of it, I just I thought, well, this is this is a there was a lot of things that were really big in scope and scale and a lot of things that were very uh, imaginative. Like, oh, I haven't seen this either version of this comic process or this, uh, you know, this other concept that they're doing. It isn't like when I, when I watch most Star Wars things now, oh, look, we're on a desert planet. <laughs> this, you know, took you to a, a, a corporate building planet made of flesh. Okay. Yeah. That's new. Sphincter doors. Yeah. <laughs> The whole thing was, it was a big sphincter. Yeah. yeah, So what was, what was your sort of initial? Uh, Yeah. I think, you know, I think gun and, and these movies get, get knocked sometimes for the, the juvenile humor and the quips and stuff. That's the big criticism I always see of of MCU movies in general. I think you were alluding to that, that they, MCU sort of like, like glomped onto that first guardians movie and maybe some of the tone, Mm -hmm kind of you know leaked off into into the other movies and uh, and i think i it's certainly true but i think they're also really inventive as you said yes and there and there is there is substance there and the craft is there the way it's structured having having rocket you know on the gurney for most of the film and there's this peril that you know you don't know if rocket's going to make it out and and also leading up into this movie there's a lot of the marketing has been about this is the last one. And so mm-hmm. it's sort of a possibility that these characters might not make it out. And, and especially given, um, you know, past phases of the MCU, you know, we, we lost Iron Man, we lost Captain America, that Captain America. And so characters, character deaths are up for grabs. Um, so you don't know if Rocket's going to make it out. 
but you still get to tell that story, that origin story, which, you know, you're even more worried about Rocket because what he's facing and what he's gone through, what he could potentially face. And uh, you're reminded just how much you care about him. There's the bit where he, they first do the surgery on him and he's tossed into the cage and he's trying to communicate with these other bizarre creatures that have been horrifically, you know, modified. Um, and, and he says hurt. And I don't know if I've had this kind of emotional response to any moment in an MCU movie. I mean, there have certainly been some where they, they get, they got me, but this one, you know, as a, as an animal lover, um, as someone who really cares about these characters, that one was tough. And it continues to be well, rough. Right. That one, that was, that was very, uh, that was very apparent. And, and it didn't get me at first because I was a little, you know, you know, I, I got a tough shell and I'm like, I think I'm being manipulated here, but like, I got it, <laughs> sure. you know, and the more you, and, and, and like, as that storyline goes, I didn't say this, I guess I should have, there's spoilers. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the movie, you know, if, if you're still at this point, you're like, wait a minute, you're going to talk about it. I don't know what to tell you. So as that story goes on, uh, I <laughs> turned to my wife and I whispered in her ears, like, I'm not going to enjoy seeing all these characters die. Yeah. Because it was clear that's you what know. was going to happen. Yeah. And, and, and which, you know, I'm sure for some people it came as a surprise, but it was pretty clear. And, you know, you know the character, you know what it had to go through. But I will say that as we got to the third act and things were happening, people were being saved or not saved or plans were succeeding or failing, I found myself probably very more emotional than maybe any of those other movies. Because at several moments, because, you know your themes of family and friendship and doing the guy the very idea that you know peter quill is hurting very much because of what happened to gamora and it is just mean to have her be there next to him the entire oh, yeah. time you know and that's one thing that didn't but but that he has to give his all to save his 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 best friend second yeah best friend yeah. It's, it's it's that's never not funny mm-hmm. <laughs> Like you'd think that Drax, those jokes would get old. They never get old once, never. Anyway, it's like the screaming goats in uh, <laughs> Love and Thunder, uh, which were never not funny yeah. to me. No, it wasn't. I will tell you that my wife has that sound as the text tone for her mother. Oh my god! And it's always funny. That's a lot to unpack. Um, yeah, oh, totally. we don't have to do that here. No, she's not going to listen to this. So Probably it's fine, shouldn't. We're, no, we're not going to. I just okay. It just felt like a, a, a touch point. It was a good. Anyway, um, you know, as you get into the like, I have to do anything for my friend. I don't want to lose one more thing. That sort of um, loyalty and 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 you know the importance of that type of found family, blah blah blah, whatever it is. Like that always gets me. And mm-hmm. I think that it sure. played it really well. I will say, like at a certain point, I thought I think this is the best acting Chris Pratt has ever done. Yeah. I- up there, certainly. In terms of making me feel uh, an emotion, you know, you know, you know, Andy was his best acting ever, but it's a different, right. different like, job. I, I, you, you're not thinking of him as Chris Pratt. You're thinking of him as Peter in this. Yeah, and I think I don't. I don't think he has to show up for a lot of his roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least in the moment, you know, he has to do his exercise and be all buff or whatever, and they're fine, and he's fun, and he's charming or whatever. But like in like I yeah, you're right. Like I stopped. The, I saw the Mario movie. At no point was I like. That's not Chris Pratt. I knew it was Chris Pratt the entire time. Right. You're but thinking in this, about it. Yeah. I know it's I know it's Peter Quill. Why doesn't he have a mask anymore? Just aside. 
I was wondering that because I, I was wondering in, since they had the new blue costumes, which yeah. are straight out of the the Abnett and Landing run. I was like, oh, are we going to see that version of the mm-hmm. the mask or the helmet? And I was like, I would have seen it, you know, yeah. in a toy store by now. But he's in he's he's in space. He's dying. I was like, hit the thing on your ear. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Did you lose it? <laughs> Did you put it away after Gamora, quote unquote, died? Like, is that what happened? Anyway. Um, you know what's funny is that I noticed the costumes, but they were completely familiar to me, and I just thought, ah, I guess I forgot those were in the other thing. But you're right; they were exactly from the comic book. That's why mm-hmm. they were familiar. That's funny. Um, yes, yeah, so like I definitely had that emotional connection as, as the sort of ending went on for sure. Um, what else? What'd it be like? Oh gosh. Well, so I think that's another thing to talk about is that all of these characters have something real to chew on even in the third movie like Mm. there's it's not nobody gets really if anybody gets pushed to the back it's maybe Groot um who's maybe the least dimensional yes also I didn't really like the design for Groot in this film the big bulky yeah I don't know what it was I I guess I've I've, I've always since the beginning I've been waiting for the return of that Groot the you know, the first one. The first one. The best. It's just a great design. Yes, and, absolutely. Yeah, Baby Groot, very, very cute and everything. Um, but yeah, I'm waiting for for my grandfatherly Groot to return, the, you know, the giving tree to return. Um, no, but I, I like yeah. everybody has something to do and has an arc and they have an arc that goes back to like, talk about Nebula going from the first movie to this movie. I thought that was really like, her character had growth and change and a character I didn't really care about so much before. And I thought, boy, she's really uh, adapted and fit into the team this time. And it it worked very much so. In fact, so much that I th- I think she was kind of a better fit than Gamora, uh, you know, by the end of this. I was like, I think I prefer better her Better fit as team. a member of the team? I don't know, just as a dramatic. I just thought it was more sure. interesting. You know, like, the, I know you got the love story in there, but I never really needed that. Hmm. You know, like it was, it was there, whatever. And then this was a slightly different thing. Where well, you had that, you had the one scene where he was talking about her pretty eyes, but yeah. there wasn't really much to it. And I was like, oh, that's a that's a fun little bit of tension for the moment, but it's not really gonna, nothing's gonna happen there. And I'm good with that, right? Um, you know, her sort of reluctance, uh, you know, to be nice to anybody, but she clearly cares about them. Gamora, I always had a harder time getting a handle on. Like she kind of flipped a switch from being a killer to being in love with a guy. And that was kind of the only phase. Sure. And and there, you know, I was trying to think, it was like, does this feel like an organic, you know, arc for Nebula? And it does because you they sprinkle in little details like Rocket was the one who helped her with her upgrades and stuff. So she actually mm-hmm. does have a tangible reason to care about this character. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is something somewhat transactional there, but then the, you know, the experience of, you know, time together of, uh, um, you know, being compatriots in all of these different adventures and stuff. And, um, you know, so I, while rocket is sort of the, you know, the heart of it, um, there are great turns for, for Nebula. There's, I think Mantis. I was, that was, I was going to say is that that's another character who, I didn't really have much of a affection for in any sense, comics or this or otherwise. And mm. she was a little flatter. But again, as this movie started out, I said, oh, this character's more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she's got her little partnership with Drax going on. 
And uh, yeah, but I felt that she was more, I'd completely forgotten like that's like uh, Starler's supposed to be a brother or whatever. Yeah, that's, they touch on that in the, the Christmas special. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's like between I agree. those two things. Um, I, yeah, she's, there's, and there's stuff with, with Drax, you know, Drax I, has a great arc. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of a predictable arc from being like, he was, he's the destroyer and he's bent on revenge and he had like, more of that in the first movie, but then across this trilogy, um, having a softer side and there's something a bit, you know, heartbreaking, you know, when Mantis, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, concedes that, yeah, he's kind of dumb and then makes him immediately forget that she said that. And then get even giving him the little moment of he, he knows the, the language of these kids. Now that is the only I liked that, and I liked the finish to his story and what came of it and how they labeled him at the end. I don't feel like I need to spoil that thing, because if you mm. watched it, you know. Sure. A little bit of a deus ex machina, like he can speak this language. I don't think they really justified that or anything. Yeah, there's... I, yeah, come to think of it, there's there isn't really any reason that they would have that language. Right. Like, because unless... I don't know where they're sourced from. They, yeah, right. But they, did, they didn't even bother. You just knew the right. thing. And I was like, fine. It's adorable. And, yeah. And it's kind of, it's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to let it go. Like it's, it's a problem if you give a shit and I don't. Right. It's a problem if you want it to be a problem. Right. And I don't want it to be. Exactly. Um, I, no, think right. I think, I think, and they, that, it's funny because the Drax <clears> one, they really laid on you late. You know, he was just there being the the bumpkin the whole time. And you're right, is it the bit where they start talking about him being stupid? Um, and it's kind of a thing where where you're, you're like, oh, they all really do think, you know, and, it, and like it hurts when he sort of realizes they think he's stupid because you think he's just going to go yes or no. You know, it doesn't matter, but it hits him. And so that act of mercy of telling him to forget, I thought was a really sweet thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that. So yeah, there's, there's stuff for everybody to do. I think everybody, yeah, as you said, like, um, everybody's kind of bringing their a game. Um, I don't feel like anybody phoned anything in. Um, and, uh, yeah, visually spectacular stuff. Nowhere looks cool and wacky. And it's, yeah, I, I remember when they introduced that in the, in the first movie, um, the idea that you're inside a celestial's head. Mm-hmm. and what a crazy location um and it's one of those things that that was always fun about um because i had not i didn't have experience with guardians previous to the dna run mm-hmm. and when i got into that like that was my you know my guardians and so it just so happens that those characters made it made the jump to the to the big screen but the very different in terms of mm-hmm. characterization but it's one of those things I really enjoy in comics where you can have um, a great uh, location or setting caption that's like inside a celestial's head. I, I also like that you can say this is inside a celestial's head. And if you are a casual fan, if you're not doing your research, if you're not coming from comics, you're like, all right, that's fine. Whatever. I can see. Yeah, that sounds crazy. crazy. That sounds weird. And they don't really need to explain it to you. And you know, no. you could watch the, you could watch Eternals don't and, and sort of get a better idea for what that means. But you know, it, it is as much as you need it to be. And if you needed to be like a deep, co- and it, it, it was an awesome thing. I remember that it's much cooler than making uh, an Avengers base out of an event, out of a celestial's body. Um, is this floating? It's called nowhere. It has got kind of a cool name. 
and, uh, you know, the physics, the, how they work there, who knows, who cares? Um, we got, we got a Cosmo, uh, that, that was uh, again, out of that, uh, abnant landing run. That was very fun. Didn't really mm-hmm. have a whole story, but had one little bit that, that played out. That was really good. Um, it's a real, real opportunity for that to be overplayed. Um, but that was fun. Um, yeah, I, I, and then finally, I guess, I guess the thing is that I've never really cared about the high evolutionary as a Marvel villain or character. Mm. Um, and I thought you know, I've, I've, I've come across the character many times. Um, never, it's one of those things where I don't think that there is a standard version of that character. I don't think the character shows up enough that you're like, oh, that's you know, like so, like a Kang. I can go, that's not like Kang, you know. But this character, a little more malleable. Um, right. It's he has, you know, he, he has like a like a gimmick like he's his whole thing is i'm going to advance this species and do like genetic and eugenics and stuff and right. mess with things and because he has a raging ego right you know and but i thought that this is a very good high evolutionary story one of the better ones that i've read or seen because you don't really know who he is. i don't think they call him the high evolutionary until later so maybe it took me a little bit to sort of sort it out and i think that it's it's not subtle, but his change from the beginning of the thoughtful scientist to raving lunatic who is who can't understand why there's something smarter than him, right? You know, to, and then going full on, and where his his retinue is is saying, "Hey, you have to stop now," you know, and which he's and he's just ignoring all of them to everyone's peril, including his own. I worked really; it's very comic booky. Yeah, you know, I thought that was nuts. I thought I thought it was a really interesting wrinkle to it where having having his lackeys like exchanging glances behind his back mm-hmm. and you're you're one are they are they gonna, you know, question him? Are they like what what else is going on with this guy? Oh, he's getting unhinged as as the story, mm-hmm. you know, comes out. And um you by the end, you hate him. You I mean, it doesn't yes. take long for you to hate him. Um it, it's um the, the visual cue of i don't remember who you see first i think you see him in the present first uh the visual cue of like his weird face stretched over his head uh-huh and then they they flash back and you see him looking younger and immediately you, you, that's not there mm-hmm. that's sort of that first cue that oh there's something weird here you're not you're not sure what it is um and i like how it played out because the movie isn't short the the change had a lot of time to happen and it happened both I guess it happened mostly in the flashback, but you kind of also saw it play out in the present. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that a lot. If there, like, I guess if there's, if I'm trying, if I'm struggling to find something that I don't like about the movie, um, I, in terms of expectations, I was expecting Adam Warlock to have a much greater role. <laughs> I don't know that there's room for him to have had a greater role. Um, or at least be the Adam Warlock that we know him to be from the comics, from certainly from, you know, uh, all the infinity. See, this uh, is, he's one of those characters. I actually don't really know or understand that well for, for whatever reason, have not come across him a ton. And, um, I mean, he's not a dummy. Um, yeah, I knew, I knew that. He's not a meathead the way he's portrayed here. And that's like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, did you watch dope sick? Did you see that, that program? Yeah. And he, yeah, he was the salesman who turned around and my wife was like, that's the guy from Dope Sick. And I remember that because he's very 
He's very unique looking while also looking very plain at the yeah. same time. I, I He's in the Narnia to... movies. Oh, um, yeah. Was he? Was he he was in um, that movie Midsommar, uh, which uh-huh. is fantastic and also very difficult to watch in places. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, he. Um, I think he. D- I think he. He does a good job with it. It's if you're going into this like the biggest Adam Warlock fan. If you're Jim Starlin <laughs> and you're sitting down, um, I don't know. I th- hopefully the rest of the movie and and being a fan of these characters and these characterizations, you're cool with it. Do, um, do you know if Adam Warlock was in the comics? related to the high evolutionary i thought it was some other cosmic thing but i don't know um that i'm that's in my blind spot i I don't know it's possible and that's fair i guess what i'm wondering is so like when i saw the black widow movie and they they said this character is air quotes taskmaster i was like fuck this (laughs) sure (laughs) i was angry about it and they they but like so i guess i'm wondering like if you're if you are an adam warlock fan they must exist like, are you mad about this? I mean, you I, like, I, like I, the more recent, like the the stuff that Jim Starlin's done with him in, um, the like the weird offshoot Thanos, the, the weird stuff that they let Jim Starlin do mm-hmm. in like the past like decade or so, uh, or maybe the, like yeah, the past decade is probably yeah, um, is really interesting. But like, I'm also cool with them using the toys in the sandbox to do other stuff like i'm fine with it because already this is not how peter quill is in the comics no or how he was in the comics previous to these I movies i don't even remember what he was Drax like in the comics. is very different yes it's a good these are all good points so like that's fine but you know so i i guess um that yeah there were no points in the movie where i was actually like oh they need let's get back to what adam's doing I didn't quite get who he was for a little while. And then when I figured it out, I thought, all right, well, they, they're planting a seed here of a certain kind. So they introduced him at the very end in one of the post-credit scenes in um, right. volume two. Okay. Um, I kind of, he I was like, they were growing memory. him. You see his, like, um, like his cocoon, mm-hmm. uh, which is a comics thing, but like as part of the sovereign, the, the gold people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is that stuff. Um, they, so they have set him up a little bit and to have him just come barreling in, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to me. Like they, they set him up to be this big deal. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like the, this is a bad example. This is, it's almost the last Jedi thing where Luke gets the lightsaber and then he just tosses it behind him. <sighs> like it's a, it's a bit of a, like a subversion of, of your expectations. Mm-hmm. And in that way, it kind of works for me. Um, so it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't bother me, but I would say almost like, I kind of don't need him at all. No, it, he, he he does a couple of like he does some of the work of the movie, yeah. You know, in a couple of places. Uh, I don't think he's in the way, but I don't think he's necessary. But I, I do think there is room. I mean, obviously they've put together this new team at the end. There's room for him to be evolved into a character who is interesting, but he is not as yet. Mm-hmm. I you know, first I was like, is that Quasar? Like I was trying to figure out which thing it was, and then I think they said Adam. So like, oh, oh, right, right, right. Um, I liked his like um, the presentation of his powers, and you know, all these characters are sort of energy powers blasting yeah. out of them at some point. But you know, but I thought it was done well. You know, he mm-hmm. flies around, he blows things up. He's very fast. He's very strong, but he's obviously like immature and uncoordinated, and you know, 
it was it was it was good visuals and things like that. Mm-hmm. Take him or leave him. I mean, I could at this point get to my big gripe. Okay. I have I, I like I said in the beginning, like I, I really, really enjoyed my experience in this movie and I, I sat there the whole time and I just thought, these are all the things that I want to see in it. And I somewhere around that time it occurred to me, I was like, oh, because this is the finale, this is wrapping up. But you spend the entire movie uh in pursuit of saving your friends and your family, your found family. They've all gone together. You have grown together. You have accomplished great things. Your entire world, uh, which was broken, has now been made whole by these this group of other people. And then because of business reasons in the mm. real world, yeah. they say, well, I'm going to go. And then the other goes, no, nah, I'm going to go too. Well, let me go with you. Nah, I got to go alone. And I was like, what the fuck is like it? Yeah. It was, it felt incredibly tone deaf. Like why, why can't they just ride off into the sunset together? I didn't understand. Yeah, and I'm, I, I can understand wanting to tie a bow on it, and I feel like from what I've read, you know, well, James Gunn obviously isn't going to be able to come back to these because he's going over to DC and doing that. Um, but uh, uh, Batista has said, I be ever since like the f- the second one when he was f- when um, Gunn was fired briefly. Um, he was like, I'm not going to do a Guardians of the Galaxy without without James Gunn. It's not happening. Um, so they are very loyal to mm-hmm. each other. And like I get wanting to have something like that. And then, you know, I don't know what their plans are with Peter Quill. Apparently he will return. <laughs> um, I mean, his was the one that was the most like, hey, I got to go sort my shit out because he had been struggling the entire time. And I was like, okay, I understand. They had seeded his thing. I'm going to go back and see my grandpa. Right. You know, I'm going to, you know, it's Luke goes to Dagobah. He'll come back. Mm-hmm. Then the the thing that follows up is, you know, then Mantis said it. And I was like, why are you doing this? You know, and that's then, the one that, yeah, feels the most tacked on. And she's like, oh, you can't come with me. I don't need you to protect me. Like, you don't need him to protect you, but you're close friends. You're mm-hmm. like, you don't she had been on ego's planet servile to him forever now she gets a couple of years off she's like i'm gonna go back to being on my own like why that's not the point of life it's not the point of the movie and i was unclear is she going to go off and be on her own with the obelisk creatures whatever they're called um in nowhere like is she going like to another neighborhood in nowhere or like leaving nowhere and going to other planets that that was sort of unclear she Um, she goes i don't need protection so Drax, you can't come with me. Drax, who, by the way, he needs people around him. Like, clearly, he yes. lost his family. <laughs> this is important. And then she's like, I don't need protection. And she goes off on three huge monsters. Well, you apparently, you thought you need some. Also, or, you know, at least they follow that role. Also, I, I, really I feel them. like this new, that they have this new um, calling to take care of these kids. I feel like she would be valuable to that and would also get something out of that. Like, yes, okay, I'm not going to be a guardian. I'm not going to be a superhero anymore, but I could help with all of these refugees, like, and all these animals and taking care of them. Was she the one or was Nebula the one who said your new job, your job is to be a father to Drax? Nebula said that to Drax. Right. So then Nebula says that we're going to need you to be here with you. She says, yeah, I "I need you. Right. And then she looks like she's taken off somewhere else, too. Like, she's not going to be there with the kids. Nebula? You didn't get the sense that they were going to be together at that point. I don't know. They, it just, uh, the whole thing, 
at that point, I was I was incredibly annoyed because it just felt so counter. I think Nebula is focused. I think her concentration is on like governing nowhere mm-hmm. and like turning it into a functioning society. And then like she wants Drax to be the nanny and take care of the kids. Like she she, she like obviously there is a connection there where she was taken as a child and raised mm-hmm. to be a horrible assassin and tortured by Thanos. Um, so she has the desire that these kids don't have to, don't have to lose their childhood and they, they, they're going to have a childhood. God damn it. But mm-hmm. I'm going to, and I think smartly says, I'm going to have Drax do it. I'm not going to try to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the idea of this happening, but I'm definitely not the person I, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a caretaker. Um, so yeah. I, okay. So I, I can see those points. I wasn't annoyed by it, but I do see that. Yeah, it's it, it's business reasons. This is why we, it, we're writing these characters out of the equation. It just stuck out to me. Like we got our family saved. We're back together. Why? Yeah, it's are you like doing once this? That, Rocket had Rocket had to go through right. losing those friends, and then Lila telling him in this vision that right. you know you still have more work to do. Um, that's cool that he gets to be the leader of the Guardians, but um, I don't want him to lose. His friends? No, and why would they? Yeah, it just then then the thing that actually backs me up here, I think, is that you know the whole time the tease is is Gamora gonna remember her feelings for him? And the that see that would have been an awful bow, as far as I'm concerned, is to take it back where she remembers and then they're in love and everything is fixed. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I thought this was perfect the way they handled her. Well, right. So what happens is, is that she she understands it. So he gets that validation where she understands it. He's not gonna get it back, but at least it's not like it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then she goes back to her family of Ravagers and she is happy to see him and they are overjoyed to see her in a thing that totally does not makes sense that they're like we're here we're hugging you like i was like whatever but she has her new family and she found comfort and solace in them despite being a solitary assassin loner Mm -hmm. but then the people who've been watching be this family the whole time aren't gonna do that and i was like why'd you give it to her Mm -hmm. it's just it was very i did and, and again like i didn't i enjoy this movie you asked me Josh was this I was like this movie's great. I had super fun with it, but that aspect of it really stuck with me and it 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 was just a, a thumb, you know, in, in the cake. Was, and I was like, "Well, why is that?" It didn't stop me from enjoying the movie. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not going to be like, "Ugh, that ruined it for me." Not the case, but I do think it was a, a very weird set of choices what do you that think, affected I, me. I what do you think about keeping um high evolutionary alive at the end? I think Marvel gets a lot of crap for killing off great villains so that they can't appear <laughs> later. And then of all the ones like of all the ones I wanted to die was like, was this guy. And I don't know that I was like I don't know that what message you got like that's not the message to take away Rocket like go ahead like blow him up. Well, I don't think you can have the character kill somebody in cold blood. I don't it's hard to get that yeah, way. However, just prior to that, uh, the rest of the characters are going through the ship, fucking killing everyone. Mm-hmm. Like the you know the Death Star janitorial staff is getting slaughtered, and I Inclu- watched, like, and including animals that had yeah. been like I, I don't yes. know that they're going to be you know redeemed, but 
they seem to have bought in. Like they don't have any choice anyway. Right. But. They were animals that were experimented on in evolution the same way the rocket was, but for different purposes, you know, but they were ugly, I guess. So they were okay <laughs> to kill. Yeah. And that was a little weird. I so, think they went out of their way to make some of those creatures, like the, I don't, is that a bird or a turtle? What the, the, mm-hmm. Yeah, big, I know like yeah, and the, like the pig one, like look like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle villains. Like sure they're did. so far gone mm-hmm. that, that like you don't have any kind of compassion for them. But it's not um, different than the bunny with the robot spider legs, right? It's exactly. a different animal in the middle. Yeah. Um. But so that was just uneven, I think, mm-hmm. and and so. Yeah, because and I was I was watching the scene and I was like, this is like the most violent scene I've ever seen in one of these movies. The hallway, yes, where, the, of course yeah. it's a hallway, a wholesale <laughs> slaughter of these creatures. And I was like, but there's no red blood, so it's okay. Mm. And uh, you know, and then to get to the end, now is it? I think I only have to um, speculate, but High Evolutionary doesn't come back at some point as a villain and become a threat again. But there is a situation where they would need to consult him. And he would give them information or tell them something. And, you know, like you, I could maybe see that in the future. Mm-hmm. You put him in a terrarium. Who knows? You know. Uh, <laughs> just like even if you're not going to have, you know, Rocket, you know, Merkham, have like, have well, I guess you can't have Nebula do it now because she's gone through her her arc. But have like, have Gamora do it or have like. That have probably would have bl- been. Have like him, they walk away and she's, you know. Yeah, like that, I think. I could see why they mm-hmm. wouldn't want her to do that because they're bringing her more towards, you know, mm-hmm. the old Gamora, the or the future Gamora, the other alternate mm-hmm. Gamora. But um, or just have him blow up on a ship or something. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was funny that like of all the characters that you know, you're not wrong. They keep alive. It's and but like and I mean, genocide. Like he destroyed a planet full of animal people that he made. <laughs> Like a whole planet. Like he's got a pretty high, like if you, like comparative, I mean, it's, Thanos is like a whole, the whole galaxy, right? Or the whole universe. Mm -hmm. But like a whole planet of just regular folks. Yeah, regular folks. Those bat people. Who are living in, and I think it's basically the same set as the Americans. It's 1980s America. Yeah. (laughs) The same clothing. Um, And what a wild thing to introduce into a movie that late in the game. Yeah. Like, it was like, oh, it's a whole, I, I, like, I was expecting, like, a colony, like, like under a dome or something, like, something, yeah. but, like, a whole counter-Earth. And is, there was no, I did, I did, the, 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 there was also no compunction of, like, when that planet started blowing up, like, we better get out of here. No one said, are we going to save any of these things? <laughs> no, no one. They just no. left them to die. Um, I did, like... There was there was a little a bit where I guess the high evolutionary is just like they said this how can you say that this is a success and he's like I can't you know and he hits the button you're like all right at least he knows it because mm-hmm. it made sense if he didn't know that it'd be ridiculous but he did and he blows it up and that's consistent with his whole thing um, yeah you're right it's like such what a huge concept it's such it's, a great like villain thing too is that he creates this whole thing that would have been you know this enormous accomplishment but he's so fickle and. It's all about achieving perfection. And that, that's sort of like the the kernel of not just this movie, but mm-hmm. this whole trilogy, the idea that it's it's a bunch of a-holes. It's like perfection is not, you know, when when the um when the four 
realized, you know, Tiefs and Lila and Floor and Rocket realized we're not perfect. We are never going to end up in that utopia. We were just a stepping stone along. It's so heartbreaking. And, oh, mm-hmm. uh, man, it, I, I, he got me with this one. He really did. Um, yes. I, you know, I think this, this one and the, and the first one are up there for me with the MCU in terms of just movies that really affected me mm-hmm. and where I really cared about the outcome and it wasn't predictable. I mean, it was predictable that those animals were going to die. <laughs> um, yes. And that was going to be part of the fuel to the origins of Rocket. But, um, well, I mean, take it, take it this way. Rocket Raccoon, and in, he, he, he came to accept that that's what he was. And, and we all got the thing like, see, he is a raccoon the whole time, which is satisfying. Yeah. Uh, that character, uh, that design, that animation, and that voice performance are one of the more successful animated slash live action characters. Mm-hmm. I and mean, if you think that this starts with Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> the first one, you know, and we are here 24 years later. Uh, you know, it's a character that, and this happened in the comics too. It's a character that, sh- that, that should be a one note. Hey, that's a, that's a, that's a raccoon guy. It's a, it's a punchline. Yeah. And over a very long, I, and I remember seeing like rocket raccoon in a comic book and, and hearing that for the first time and thinking that's ridiculous. And those comics sort of turned him into somebody, but the, the movies I think took it a step farther and really fleshed out this character mm-hmm. over a long period of time that you He's a jerk, but you understand why, and and he cares about his friends, and he does the right thing, and you you come to love him. And I don't like I don't think that I am looking at you know a fake thing. I a hundred percent believe it. I forget that yeah, I'm hearing Bradley in. Cooper. Um, there was one like moment where I was like, okay, Paul, what you're watching is a raccoon going through a near death experience, hugging an otter with spatula arms. <laughs> and you're openly weeping around strangers, and was, and um, and then I was like, yeah, um, because they put in the work, and they, you know, they um, they earned it. Um, I don't want I I don't want to harp on other things that aren't as successful, but like if you if you compare this to Quantumania, which I haven't seen yet, but it's I'm- like uh, yeah, I won't. I mean, it's just it's weirdness for weird sake, right? And it doesn't. It, I don't think it has the level of thoughtfulness that even the sphincter doors in this have, you know? Well, that, that's a, that's a, I don't know that's a classic comic book thing, but all of my favorite applications of it tend to be in comics is it's the Garth, the Garth Ennis. Yeah. Is that you can put as many disgusting, silly, rude, and vile things if, as you want, but in the, in the core of that and the heart of that thing is something that is genuine and real that you are connected to. It doesn't, you know, my favorite comic book of all time, I've said this lots of times is preacher. Mm-hmm. And that book has a character who shot himself in the face and everyone calls him Ars face. And it's ridiculous. And if you're reading it on a surface level, that's all you've heard about it. You can, you can, you can write it off, but that whole story has an enormous heart at the core of it. And this Absolutely. is like that. Yeah, and I avoided that comic for so many years because of the Fabre covers that are like so grotesque, and I, like I thought it was going to be like Cracked Magazine or something right. like that. And then I actually read it, and I was like, "This is like one of the best. This is that's a top three comic for me." Yeah, and it's it's because there's so much substance to it, 
and you can get away with all that crazy stuff. And it's and when you get down to it, there's something more. It's not just weird for weird sake. It's not just gross for mm-hmm. gross. There's there's other things going on there. There's yeah. something of substance behind it. And um, so yeah, so I, I I really think they stuck the landing with this. Yes, it is a long movie. I didn't mind that at all. Me neither. Um, and yeah, there. If I wanted to, you know, pick at things, there are certainly things I could pick at. Um, and we have, but, uh, overall, yeah, but, and that, that's an interesting, I think as we've all gotten older and gone through these and talked about them a lot, like, and I, this is definitely my thing now is that if I enjoy it, I enjoy it and I can recognize those issues, but either I kind of don't care or notice about them. It's like, so what, what was the experience? Right. Experience was super fun and I will take that in this world, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it delivered on what you wanted it to deliver on, you know, it was a great part three of a thing. It was a, it was an, it was an epic ending. I thought to it, to a trilogy it was a good, strong, you know, it's not dark Knight rises. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I think thing. if, if you, um, if you look at the challenge that they had going into the first one and then even going into this one, well, we know the challenge going into the first one, making people care about mm-hmm. this corner of, of things and, and this, these characters, with this one, it's like, how do you make sense of everything that's happened? How do you make sense of the Gamora stuff? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really smart, really elegant choices to what that relationship would be like. And then also recapping it. Um, you can, I think it's it's fair for them to assume that you've seen those movies, even yes. though they're outside of the trilogy. Um, but they they do stuff to recap it, to contextualize it, that I thought was really smart. Like having them sort of make fun of it having him like the the bit in the elevator basically where nebula says yeah you got sort of got the gist of it you you left out some important things but that's sort of the gist it was a good line cuz that's what the that's the brief for this movie and 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 trying to come to terms with all of that stuff that was i don't know how much of that was gun's call mm-hmm. you know having gamora go through that and then having to deal with the fallout from it but i mean he he caught the pass and ran with it. And I'm very impressed with that. Yeah. I think we, I don't know if we're giving gun too much credit because you know, the Marvel Feige sure. collective, you know, that the, they're heavily involved in this stuff, but you know, at the end of the day, that, that sort of shaping of it, those emotional beats, the, I mean, putting it together the way it was conceptualizing, you know, I think, I think he stuck a landing and that is, that is no small thing. No. Uh, especially in a, an area such as this where it's such a thing that everybody is looking at and that and that you know it's it's if not the most prominent feature of pop culture right now uh, to be able to do something like that and have it feel genuine you know have it feel like a real thing as opposed to a product um yeah it's good work ratings Four point four five. <laughs> I'll round up. I'll I'll round up to a five. Wow. Yeah. Are there other Marvel movies? I don't even remember. There's been so many. Are there other ones that you would call a five? The first Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, Ragnarok. I give a five too. Ragnarok. I would give a five too. Um, I, they had a really good year with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and then that same year was Winter Soldier. Oh yeah. 
All right, I'll go with four point five. I was ta- okay. I was taking away a little because of my complainy stuff, but I'll round that off from the five. Um, because Mine it, has a little really bit a of tilt to it because you know, I know it's not an objective five, but I'm giving it a subjective five because it has so much of the stuff that I like, and it's got Cosmo. It's got all the animals coming out at the end. This this has all my stuff in it, so I I really liked it. I don't know the the name of the character who is replacing Yondu. No idea what his name is. Don't really care about him. Stallone? No, 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 no. The kid with the mohawk. The oh, doofus Craglin. who learns to whistle. Craggle? Craglin. Oh, and that, and that's Jamie. That's uh, that's uh, James Gunn's brother, I assume. Yes, that's. Yes. Uh, I was going to say Tim Gunn. No, it's not Tim Gunn. That would be a different... <laughs> no, he would look much more fabulous. Yeah. That, yeah. Anyway, um, that was sort of Sean the one Gunn. element. He was in it a lot, and I was like, I don't really uh, I don't really care about this character or know about it. Like, it's fine. I, I know he he's going to figure arc. out his he whistle has, He thing. learns how to whistle. He does. And he has like and a Star Wars to... moment. No, his, his most important thing was to make us all feel better about Cosmo. That's, yes. that's why he was there. And, and we knew it was coming. Goodness. Yeah. As soon as he they said really, you're a bad dog, it was like, oh, at the end he's gonna say you're a good dog. Yeah. And I'm gonna really feel good about wait it. for it though. So I gotta give him that. <laughs> How did you feel about Groot speaking English? Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. That Don't was a terrible it. idea. That was went, dumb. Oh. There's no story reason for that. I will I will that is my yeah. It should be an ironclad rule. Uh, intractable that Groot only says I am Groot for and ever. Right. He's unable to say anything else. And the joke is that everybody who needs to understand it understands it. And that's fine. If Chewbacca spoke (laughs) basic, I would walk out of the theater. Mm -hmm. And I'd forgotten about it. But no, no, it was awful. I I was like, no, you're right. I made a face when that happened. Yeah, I did too. I can't believe that that was the choice they made. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's like, like, oh, we should let Vin Diesel actually talk, say other words in this, make him earn his paycheck. No. No. There's no, like, there there isn't any kind of, like, they don't seed it at all. It's just, it just happens. And you're like, okay. It's like, it's like they got senioritis. They're like, they're headed out the door. Right. I don't care anymore. We're just going to break the rules and have them do it. That's. And And he could have said, I am Groot. And they would have all been like, we know, man. You know, or he could have done another We Are Groot. I would have allowed that. No. <laughs> I'm actually not okay with that. I mean, I get like, that was fine, but that was for then. That was but for then. Also, he already special did it, for so them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, they're, yeah, maybe that's probably it. They're probably trying to repeat that beat. That's the only reason I can think of. Mm. Awful. <laughs> Still and on that film. note. <laughs> uh, you can enjoy things that are imperfect. Hey, yeah. that's the theme. Exactly. <laughs> Holy shit. We did it. <laughs> all right and with that uh you can go to ifinboy.com you can find there are 1300 shows that have been done many of them featuring paul uh many of them featuring me most probably uh the lots of other movies all of these other marvel movies i think have have a show about them uh and paul's probably on most of those uh if you want to write to us it's contact at ifanboy this show is uh exists this doesn't exist because of the patrons but uh the patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy are our fine folk who support all the things that we do and i want to thank them specifically and I, I believe that's it thank you so much this was fun this was always a pleasure sir we are group. Not the only one.
Wait, 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 wait. We're not quite done. When I finished the movie, I I, I texted uh, my friend Connor. Listeners may know him. Uh, and I said, I, I what I really loved was that soundtrack. And then Paul and I got all carried away. We hadn't talked to each other in a while. It's a good time. But didn't mention the soundtrack at all. And I, uh, that needs to be rectified. So I'm doing this unprecedented step of adding a, a brief addendum here at the end to say I loved that soundtrack. Now, what the first movie did for a 70s soundtrack and then the second movie did for the 80s soundtrack, all fine. You know, those were very good soundtracks too. And those songs all sound amazing on cinema speakers because it's it's just like it's a perfect version of that sound. Now... Uh, this is the 90s soundtrack. Uh, everybody my age is like, 90s music was the best, which isn't necessarily true, but it has a place in your heart. And I thought that as a soundtrack goes of 90s songs, uh, it was very eclectic and very not obvious. And it wasn't all 90s songs, but it was it was close enough. Um, we start off, uh, the, the first thing you hear in the um, movie is, is an acoustic version of Creep by Radiohead. Um, Listeners may know I'm a, I'm a very big Radiohead fan, have been for a very long time. Um, and this version of Creep is one of my favorite uh, songs that they've ever done. I like it better than the studio version of Creep. Uh, what Tom does with his voice in the sort of last third of it uh, is amazing. And so to hear it like that, the rest of the scene is quiet. They kind of echo it as if you were in a real space. And then you have Rocket kind of lip syncing along with it and singing sort of quietly to himself. Oh, that, was, that was great. It was really, uh, it was really fun. The Space Hog song, uh, which you will have heard on the credits of this show, um, I always hated that band because I didn't like the name, but that's a damn fine song, and all of a sudden it brings you back to a place. Um, that song is a hell of a chorus. Uh, it goes on, and then in the middle of it, again, there's some 80s songs. Uh, there was Flaming Lips song. There was Faith No More with We Care A Lot. There was an X song in there. Uh, and that might be the 70s, early 80s. And then at one point, they they played um, a replacement song, uh, uh, which is escaping my mind. Um, dare. Uh, I, I will dare. Uh, and <laughs> I just was like, this is the replacements in a huge motion picture. Um, I just, what they did before, they did really well in this one. Um, and, and I've been, I've been listening. They don't have the soundtrack, but if you like go to Apple music, there's a guardians of the galaxy playlist. that's curated by Disney. So all of that stuff is there. Um, it was, it was great. It was a great addition to the movie and it was something that should not have been overlooked when we were talking about it. I swear that's all. Thanks very much for listening. See you later. Mm-hmm.